Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series and recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I am your host Marina of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host Draggle of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we review the rest of the summer 2023 anime season. So y'all may remember, last time we were behind and we didn't finish all the shows. Now we have caught up, and we are ready to tell you about the second half. And unfortunately, it looks like the first handful of them are all you again. I'll try to put in some notes on what I remember, Draggle, but yeah, it's you. Well, I'm always the first handful because we start with the the worst first. That's true. And I always watch the worst. So the first of the worst, (laughs) Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 3. Uh, this is like good trash, right? Like, it's not like it's a poor production. It's just trash characters, I'm assuming? Sadly, the first season, I would say, was good trash. But Uh-oh. now it's just trash. Oh, so, no, really? You might remember, the first season was very entertaining, where, uh, like, all the characters were horrible people. Uh, my favorite was his ex-girlfriend who, who, like, dumped him and abused him and stuff. But then in this latest season, it's all about making a crowdfunded video for Chizuru's grandma. And then they, like, meet this new girl who adds absolutely nothing. And it, it just it's just dragging on and on, and it, it should have ended a while ago, in my opinion. Yeah. I think I watched the second... Oh, maybe not. I feel like I started the second season because, like you, I finished the first season and it was entertaining as cringe-worthy as it was the entire way through. Yes. But, like, the second season, I think, killed me. I don't believe I finished that one. And so, obviously, then, I, I just couldn't touch this third season, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I, I should have listened to you and dropped <laughs> this. But if okay. there is a season four, I, I won't watch it. Are you sure? I... Uh... I'll, I'll try not. I'll try not to watch it. I'll try to we'll hold see. myself back. Okay. What can you tell us about the Dreaming Boy as a realist? Oh God, this was even worse than Rent a Girlfriend. But oh, it, it wasn't boring. It was just like a terrible. It it had like terrible lessons. It's kind of similar to Oregairu, where there's like this cynical high school boy who thinks he knows everything, and. uh then it, the show tries to like tell you some life lessons from this cynical high school boy, right? Right. Yeah, and there have been other shows like this too, like the Bunny Girl Senpai, and I'm forgetting a couple others. But this one, it starts in the first episode where he just like stalks and harasses this girl. Oh, yes. I think I watched the first episode and it creeped me out. Yeah, and then like midway through, he has a divine revelation that he should be a realist and give up. And first of all, well, I don't even know where to start with that. But anyway, then he does that. But then it turns out, oh, she actually wanted it. She was just playing hard to get. God, that's and, so and such now, a wish fulfillment thing. Jesus. Now, now she's so sad that he's not harassing her. Yeah, and of course. It, it ends with them hooking up. Oh, my God, of course. Yeah, it was horrible. And that, that wasn't even the worst arc. The worst arc was... Uh, he like has a part-time job in the bookstore and this other this other girl comes to work on the bookstore and it's like run by these old senile people. So he's like the part-time worker, but he like 
he acts like her boss and he gives her all these like life lessons and acts like her dad and it was he just like came across as so full of himself and i hated it why did you finish the show oh i was like uh, how low can it go (laughs) (laughs) curiosity then huh yeah exactly i see okay well the next one wait why did we put this in mediocre I don't know. You had the choice to put it or move it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it belongs in mediocre. This is The Devil is a Part-Timer, Season 2, Part 2. And honestly, I thought this was better than the last uh, Part 1, I guess. Really? That's only because that was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I was staring at it because I did put this on my watch list, right? And I was like, ah, it doesn't hurt. Let me just add on all the shows on Crunchyroll. And I just never had the inclination to click on it. Yeah, you you didn't miss much. I think like what made the first season fun, right, was the whole McDonald's thing, right? Yeah. Just like the humor of the demon lord working at McDonald's. And then right. uh, the shipping between uh, the Demon Lord and Red-Haired Girl. Yeah, Emmy right. or something, right? Yeah. And then there was, like, that, uh, the, oh, what's her name? The blonde like, chick? Is it blonde? I thought she was, like, brown. Brunette? I don't know. Short-haired yeah. girl. Yeah, short-haired girl. Yeah. She's just, I, I, I thought in the first season she was there just to, like, cause some chaos, right? Yeah. Like, oh, have to as add a rival for the Chi-chan. main character. Chi-chan, isn't that her name? Yeah, Chi-chan. Yeah. I hate her. She's so boring. Oh, she was so nice at the start. Is she just becoming, like, more and more annoying? No, she's still nice. That's why I hate her. Uh, she's boring. Oh, that's right. You yeah. don't like those kind of characters. Yeah. Anyway, th- this season, it, it just completely dropped all that, and it focused on this, like, very generic fantasy story. About mm. the other world. and I Exactly what I wanted out of Devil as a Part-Timer. Yeah. And, like, he barely shows up to McDonald's, and there's, like, absolutely nothing going on between the, the main ship. So what makes this one better than the previous season? Uh, it didn't have that farming arc, which was the worst arc ever. <laughs> the, the funny <laughs> bear, right? Yeah. What about the baby? Oh, yeah. Actually, now there's a second baby. There's a second baby. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. At least the second baby has like slightly more personality, I guess. But it's still is sucks. the first baby still around? Yeah. Okay. It was like on vacation or something. I forget. <laughs> I don't know, Drago. I feel like this show never regained the charm that it had from its very first season. No, it did not. Hmm. Don't watch this, guys. Okay. Do you think people should watch Level 1 Demon Lord and One Room Hero? Yeah, so the previous one I would rank like, it was pretty close to trash, even though I put it in mediocre. This one I put in mediocre, but it is pretty close to good, actually. Oh, okay. So this one, oh, the demon, or no, the hero defeated the demon lord. Now he's like retired and he became a loser. He stays at home and his apartment's a mess. Uh... But then the demon king is, like, waiting for him to fight her, and she gets bored, so she goes to his house, and then they move in together, and she tries to, like, get him to get his act together so he can fight her again. Right. So that was all fine. The first I didn't like were that the demon lord is this lolly character. 
Yeah, I thought that was, that wasn't what she was like from the start, right? Something happened that transformed her into that. Yeah, she lost her power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes she transforms into some equally even more creepy girl with uh, giant boobs. I don't know why. Of course. Because it appeals, right? This is, look at who the audience is supposed to be. I guess so. Yeah. But the part I did like is it introduces all the heroes' uh, old friends. And uh, they've all, like, gone different ways. And some of them are, like, leaders of their countries. Oh, so they've all sort of succeeded in life. Yeah, they've all succeeded except him. Oh, no. But then his friends are, like, leaders of different countries, and they get into this big fight. And he has to, like, try to stop them from fighting each other. Oh, so he's, like, a mediator. Uh, He's a very bad mediator. Oh, okay. (laughs) So... I think it had some interesting ideas, but it never entirely delivered on them. Yeah, I thought that the premise was sort of cutesy, but the demon lord becoming that little girl just totally turned me off. Yeah. So even if I thought the idea of like this hikikomori hero, I don't know if that's true. Did he ever like leave the house without have issues with leaving, or is it he was just being lazy that one day? Uh, he he's just always being lazy. But it's, oh, not, okay. it's not like he's afraid to go outside. He's just kind of a washed up guy. Yeah, I thought that part was interesting. Yeah. So I would have not minded seeing more of that if only the Demon Lord wasn't portrayed the way that she is. Yeah, I thought that was also the one of the biggest weaknesses. Yeah. The next one is finally you and only is you. Is it? Yeah. Only me? Okay, okay. Loveland Spirits, Monogatari core two so i watched the first season of this and i believe was i the only one to watch the first season as well i watched the first episode and that's it yeah the first season this one too it sort of centers around uh like japanese traditional japanese spirits and well not the normal ones that you would think about this is focused on the spirits of objects which i thought was a cool twist to what i usually get to see in this kind Hmm. of genre and so like all of the uh spirits that he interacts with good or bad like they have the possibility of being good or bad depending on like the way that their objects are treated the way that they're handled i don't think that they are inherently good or bad and uh the main character has like an issue with one of the with with all of them because he has like this trauma from his childhood of when like his legendary siblings were brutally killed by one of these kinds of spirits and so i think i do remember the first episode yeah, that's the first season. It's like him like coming to terms with that hatred and like meeting this other family that this family of spirits that protects this girl. Her name is Botan. And there's a secret about like who she is and why they protect her that's sort of revealed later on in the first season. And it delves more into that into the second season. Did my shipping ever come to fruition? Which one is which is the shipping that you were I think going it's for? the main guy and Botan. I think. Uh, sort of. I mean, yeah, there's obviously an interest there, although I don't think either of them are mentally mature enough for that kind of relationship, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, they're not, like, thinking about that, even though everyone around them is thinking about it. I see. Because, I see. like, the objects that protect her, they're part of what is called, like, this marriage... I forgot what the word is, trousseau. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But they're, like, these objects that are, I think, sort of given in marriage or matrimony. So like that's why she... Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Hmm. They that's why like they're all 
dedicated to her. They are they are also protect her. I mean, they've been watching over her since she was a little girl. And of course, that's why they're also sort of looking at him in that with that in mind, because they're thinking, oh, hey, he could be the one to be her partner. And that delves further into like what she is. And you find out that she has she's basically a human vessel for like the most powerful spirit of all. (laughs) And that's why like she's under watch all the time. And it was only like the protection of her spirits that sort of kept her safe from all the others. And like they were in that truce because of that. But through various manipulations, she's sort of freed. And then, like, a whole bunch of fights happen. You've got, like, people who you thought were friends turning out to be enemies or working with enemies. You have a reunion with the spirits that killed his siblings coming, and he has a confrontation with them. And all of this, I think, would be sort of interesting, except for the fact that it basically turned into one of your least favorite kinds of shows to where it was, like, fighting every episode. Right. Does not sound like something I would, like, Yeah, I lost interest in that. Like, I I thought, like, the interactions that he and Bolton had were really cute. I liked it when he was meeting. I liked more of the slice of life thing Mm -hmm. where he was meeting different spirits and, like, getting different viewpoints on them and realizing, hey, maybe they're not all bad. Maybe it depends on, like, how you treat them. And just, like, all of this drama and fighting just was too much. And I actually got pretty bored (laughs) in the second season. And they don't even, like, wrap it up at the final episode. So I have a feeling they could very easily go into a third season. And I don't think I'm going to watch it just because I I became quite bored with this series. Yeah, I never understood these fighting shows and why people like them. I mean, I think it depends if you have like a compelling enough reason for the fighting. Like, if it makes sense in the world that you are in, right? (laughs) And I I guess it sort of makes sense. The problem is that, like, that's not the expectations that were sort of set for me, at least that I got at the start. So then when it transformed into this later, I just got, I don't know, I just lost interest. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We had that in a couple shows lately, like My Happy Marriage and one other I'm forgetting. Oh, the, the one with the girl in the cage. Oh, yeah. It's like when they have like that expectation they set up for you at the start. First episode, you love it. You want to know more about it. And then it's like the bait and switch, right? Yes, exactly. Such a disappointment. But I don't have anything else to say about this. I think I'm ready to move on to the good shows if you are. Yeah, let's do it. So opening with Horimiya, The Missing Pieces. Did you ever get back to watching this? No, I felt like I read the manga... And I was kind of bored in the first season, so I just wasn't going to bother. I think that's fine. I I guess I forgot that you had read the manga, and I thought you had liked the first season. I didn't realize that you thought it was boring. But if it's because you're already familiar with the skits, that makes sense. And to be honest, Draggle, this one I was on the fence about. I almost pushed this down to mediocre. It just sort mm-hmm. of edged into good because of the reliability, I suppose, of what I got every week was basically what I expected. And it always looked good. And like the character interactions were always on point. And there were always tons of skits. The only issue was I think the charm of the first season kind of dissipated or disappeared with them cutting his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Because I really liked his look in the first season. If if you recall, he was like all... uh, pierced up and tattooed yeah he was the bad guy 
Yeah, and like it was sort of cute how it was sort of hidden underneath his long hair, right? You never yeah. really paid attention to him. But then like once he and Hori start dating and he starts coming out of his shell, making new friends, like that's all supposed to be good things. And I'm happy for him. I am. But then like he cuts off his hair <laughs> that he used to have tied back, half tied that I thought was super sexy. Now it's gone. And he doesn't wear his piercings hardly at all. You never see him with them, even outside of school anymore. And, like, the whole thing with his tattoos from the first season, like, you don't even see them in the second season. Like, they Gosh. keep referencing them. They keep, like, joking about them and how, like, there's there's a whole s- series of skits where, like, of the guy friends. One of them knows about them. Hmm. Like, because he's seen them. I think another one, like, knows of them. But then there's, like, another friend who knows nothing about them. <laughs> And he's, like, super suspicious now that it's, like, brought to his attention the way that uh, Miyamura acts, that he obviously is hiding something. And so, like, during one of the sleepovers, he keeps trying to, like, take his get the guy to take his shirt off. And it sounds, like, super sketchy the way he asks. And Miyamura is, like, kind of creeped out about his friend, like, constantly trying to get him to take his clothes off because um, he just wants to see. But it doesn't yeah. sound like that. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of funny, I suppose. But then you just never see him. So to me, he's like a defanged bad boy. And that and always disappointed me. Appeal. He's got to worry about yeah. getting dumped. Yeah. I mean, occasionally there are some cute, sexy scenes between the two of them. And I think it was implied in the first season. I don't remember. But then they bring it up again in the second season how uh, she's kind of a masochist. She likes it when he like is mean to her. Or she, she wants him to say mean things to her and to sort of smack her around. Mm-hmm. But, like, they don't explicitly go into that, which I think is good for the type of show that this is. I just think it, like, adds a little bit of more flavor to their kind of relationship that they have. But other than that, like, the other relationships and other skits, they just weren't as memorable to me as they used to be. Okay. And uh, it sort of it ended with them graduating. And it's implied that, you know, that they're going to go on and have whatever happy lives. And I don't think that they're going to do another season. And if there is... I'd probably just watch it out of obligation. I'm not even sure if I, I would watch it just because I'm, I'm done with the show. I think it's good what we have for now. It's just not as good as the first season. I think it's going to end in teenage pregnancy and the div- messy divorce. But they're already graduated. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're talking about like, because they're probably what, 17, 18? Yeah, they can still have teenage pregnancy. It's not too I suppose late. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that both of their personalities, that, that they would not divorce or they would not like give up on the on the baby. Okay, then a miserable, lifelong, unhappy marriage. <laughs> I don't foresee that happening with their relationship either, but go on and dream, Draggle. Uh, I will, I will. <laughs> go ahead and tell me about the girl I like forgot her glasses. Oh, you were just talking in the previous one about uh, your expectations not being met, right? Yeah. This was the same, except in a good way. Because the first episode, like... It has such a crazy animation, which mostly didn't work very well. Uh, and everyone was making fun of it, if you remember. Mm-hmm. But I got convinced by Bless to keep watching. And actually, from the second episode onward, it I think it toned it back a bit, back quite a bit. Or maybe I just got used to it. But I, I at least the animation didn't stop bothering me. And it was actually, like, a really sweet romance. Really? Yeah. You were able to appreciate it outside of the stupid premise about her forgetting her glasses. Yeah. 
I was. I don't know how because it was such a stupid <laughs> premise. I agree. Did they bring it up through the rest of the show? Like, was it still an ongoing thing? Um. Yeah, it was. Like, oh, God. pretty much every episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but they, they had a different... It, it never felt, like, too repetitive, even though it was... Really? It was repetitive, and it was so stupid. But uh, they did it slightly different ways each time. A lot of hmm. the times, the boy would be like, oh, she remembered her glasses this time. She looks so <laughs> great with glasses, too. <laughs> oh. And he would be You're sad. like applauding her for remembering this time. Yeah, exactly. And she'd, like, lose them in different places. Or then she'd, she'd like, forget other things as well. Mm-hmm. Or, like, one time he had to go to her house and meet the parents because she forgot her glasses and he found them. So, yeah. I, I quite liked it, actually. I'm glad. I probably should have replaced uh, Malevolent Spirits with this one, then. Yeah, it's a very, very cute, wholesome show. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. The next one, I think it's not wholesome, because it's depressing. You yeah. shut up! What are you talking about? The Masterful Cat is depressed again today. Isn't are you just depressing? saying that because of the title? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the joke. Uh, It's like a running joke, especially because this story jumps back and forth chronologically quite a bit. It like shows him already living with her as like the giant sized cat that frightens you, right? Right. I'm I'm still having nightmares about this. He takes care of her. He's basically her housekeeper. Or as you would say, it looks like a house husband, although they don't have that kind of relationship at all. He cooks for her. He cleans for her. He shops for her. He does like everything for her without the cat, she would be hopeless. And this is something that is brought up repeatedly because they keep going back in time, showing to when she first found him and took him home as a kitten. And he was like a normal sized kitten. And it was horrible. It's like those nightmares that you think of when you walk into someone's home and they're not necessarily a hoarder, but Mm -hmm. they obviously don't clean up after themselves. Like her apartment was full of a bunch of like bag trash that she just didn't have the time to take out and sort properly and she just constantly would have like food from containers that she got from the convenience store because she didn't have time to cook you always see that in anime do people actually live like that uh probably i mean because the the idea is i mean they have that reputation right is that workers in japan work too hard Right. They like they go early, they stay way too late, they're required, often required, even though it's not like implicitly stated, I think, that if they're invited out to go drinking with their coworkers, that you should go for networking reasons, right? right? And so then you come home late. And if you're coming home that late and you're probably tipsy, like, do you really want to clean and do all that shit or cook? But also you're never home, so you can't make a mess. Yeah, but remember, too, is that, like, you just naturally make messes from, like, trash from the convenience store that you bring home if you're not cooking. And mm-hmm. oftentimes you bring your trash home anyways, don't you? Because I think you've been to Japan. There's That's not true. typically they a lot of public no trashes. Cans. Right. You you bag it up and you take it home. That's true. I think the fundamental problem is not lazy. It's lack of public garbage cans. <laughs> well, I think it also teaches people to not litter which is something that you can't say here. But really? I mean, it there is still like it encourages litter, but... littering because there's nowhere to put your trash. <laughs> it's really odd. I don't know if it's something that is more ingrained from childhood, which is why like the inclination is to not just drop it, but to bring it home. Right. Anyways, huh. back to this show <laughs> is that like she's a mess and he like 
feels obligated to help her a little bit because she took care of him. Like, he keeps planning as a kitten to leave her because she's ridiculous and he's just a kitten. But then, like, he'll do, like, a small thing to help her out. And then it makes him happy to see how she reacts. And then he realizes, hey, I could, like, extend my stay here and she'll keep buying me food. She'll keep taking care of me if I keep taking care of her. And that's what it sort of spiraled into what he is now. Hmm. And she just always keeps coming up with different ways of proving to him how hopeless she is without him. And so I don't really know if this title for me fits The Cat is Depressed Again today. Like, he does have, like, that very... Uh, what's the personality? I don't know if depressed, but like, <sighs> back to this again today. Like he has that attitude, but you know, like deep down, he cares about her. Hmm. I see. So huh. yeah, you, you learn more and more about how he feels about her truthfully over time with the flashbacks and like the ongoing life that they have together. But yeah, I thought it was cute for the most part. There were a couple of times where they like joked a little bit too close to like house husband kind of stuff for me to feel comfortable but they would move past it very quickly and it still seems more like just like a housekeeper kind of relationship parent kind of relationship than anything else did you have any nightmares about giant monster cats no i did not have that problem draggle okay i'm so scared (laughs) uh what about this next one reborn as a vending machine i now wander the dungeon oh i love this show I did too. I watched it. Wow, you watched an isekai. I did. I Well, I told you that I thought this was promising even from the get-go. I was shocked about how much I enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. Uh, and then I just sort of like pushed it aside because I thought that other shows would be better than they were. And I should have just focused on this one. Yeah, it was great. It was I, great. I love how he had all those different vending machines he transformed into. Do you believe those are actually all vending machines? Like, technically vending machines? Uh, like, which one would it be? I don't know if I would classify the machine that has the AED as a vending <laughs> machine. Like, that just to me sounds like a, just an AED station, you know? Like, that's its sole purpose. Yeah. I, I guess for a vending machine, you would have to pay for it. That's what I think about, right? And if I consider how many times that he gives out free things. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, do you honestly have that much money pulled up to be able to give out that many things for free just to save them? I I don't know about that. (laughs) So that was like the one kind of complaint I had was like the believability of some of these machines being considered vending machines and to the amount of money that he goes through to like give things away to his friends. I wasn't too concerned about either of those. I wasn't too concerned. <laughs> I'm just pointing out those were like things I noticed. Yeah, I thought it was great when he transformed into AD. I was right. like, oh my God, she's dead. <laughs> and then, yeah. oh, AED, AED. I was like, brilliant. Of course you have a solution for that as well. And like the, uh, like the um, what was it? The ice machine makes sense, even though I don't know if you actually put money into an ice machine, do you? I don't know. I mean, like at the grocery store, you buy those bags of ice. Oh, I guess that's right? true. Guess. But what about the, what do you call the, the, the cold stuff, the stuff that he used to like? Liquid nitrogen? Yeah. Is that a vending machine, really? I've never seen a liquid nitrogen vending machine, but. But that's what he did, right? In that one episode? Yeah. 
I guess maybe they have one. <laughs> I was just so baffled. I was like, really? In Japan, they have, they have more vending machines there. Yeah, but liquid nitrogen vending machines? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. At the gas station, they have like tire pressure vending machines. So maybe. Maybe. And then I, I liked the uh, one for the privacy tent. <laughs> What is it? The tent that you oh, can like, the, like get, shower. so you can not even. Sh- it was a toilet tent, wasn't it? Oh, remember, like it had like a bag that you could like put over a seat, and then like you have like a little enclosure to just put up around. And he said that they would have those available for sale. I've I've seen. Ah, I don't remember where it was. There's like a like a vending machine bathroom. Where you like pay and then you leave and then it automatically like cleans the whole thing. Oh my god, I have never seen that. That is crazy. Yeah, I forget where it was. But yeah, just like seeing all the things that he could come up with based off of like his knowledge was pretty cool. Yeah. And the characters were fun. Yeah, I wish Mario Seikai would be like this where they take a more interesting premise and then they're less hung up on like the levels and stuff and slavery i don't recall there ever being slavery in this one yeah exactly no slavery thank god should we move on go ahead this is all you yes tenporu uh this is the boy uh he comes from a long line of lectures and then he moves into a temple to reach enlightenment except his temple is actually a nunnery uh, with all these girls who walk around naked and fall on his face. Anyway, we watched this with Classy, and it was a lot of fun. And honestly, this was probably like on the border of mediocre, because the I kind of got a bit bored at the end. Although it was it was still fun. Uh, I think the manga is much better, just because the art is really good, and in the anime, the art kind of sucked. That's always a bummer when the anime is actually like more poorly animated i suppose and what you imagine from a really well-drawn manga it is yeah the manga it's the same person as grand blue and this guy he's like so good at drawing these crazy facial expressions so yeah this this manga has a lot of great faces like when when he falls on people naked he has like this crazy shocked face or so do they and even though like the story is kind of lame uh, the art really makes it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, should we move on to the best of the season? Yeah. And I, I'm curious if you agree with me or if I, I'm the one who really pushed this one up to the top. <laughs> I would put it like in the border between best of the season and good. Okay. Yeah, because I, if I was just like thinking about shows this season, because we already did our previous episode, right? So obviously right. there were some from the previous episode. But... Mushiku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation Season 2 was definitely up there for shows that I eagerly wanted to see every week. Like, I was never behind on this show once I caught up. Although, like I mentioned to you, I actually stopped for, like, five weeks because mm-hmm. I was catching Keiwu up on all the previous seasons because somehow I had, like, watched them without him. And really? I knew that he would love this. Yeah. Because I, I tend to screen shows, right? And depending on, like, how much work he has or how busy he is, if there's, like, other shows I think that it would be a higher priority for him, then we focus on those. And I must have, like, thought that whatever aired when this first came out was more his thing. 
but like this is like totally his thing. And this particular season was quite comical, although I'm sure it was quite controversial for quite a number of reasons to different people this season. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you already knew about the controversy with the whole slavery thing, right? That people kind of got upset about, even though I think, Wait, well, I'm, I guess I'll be curious, huh? I don't even remember the slavery. Yeah, he remember he like quite casually agrees to go get a slave girl to help the prince with his issue with wanting to have more figurines. And they get the little girl from Muslavy slavery place. I don't know what to call it, like yeah. where they keep them, I where you can buy them. About this. <laughs> it's very early on, and that's why I was like, mm, it's like borderline. I kind of wish that he made not I kind of I do wish he had made more of a fuss about it instead of treating it like it was like the normalest thing in the fucking world, because it's not like you had slavery in Japan, right? And just like when it's suggested to him, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go get the girl. And like, while he's there, he doesn't seem bothered at all. He's like, oh, I think we need this kind of slave. And just like the nonchalance with which he talks about it was shocking to me. And I can see like why it pissed people off. Yeah, I guess I've watched so many worse slavery things at this point that I've rarely noticed, which is sad. Yeah, I think it only like really bothered me at the at the get go was well, like leading up to it, I had no expectations. And then I saw some stuff on Twitter about it that kind of put the flag for me to pay attention. And I mean, I would have paid attention either way, because it's like so out there with how he I feel like he would actually react, that it was odd. And then the, not, the oddest thing I thought then was they like get the slave girl, basically treat her like they're because they, they repurposed her to be a, an apprentice. She's not an actual slave after they, they like buy her freedom, essentially. Right. And they're teaching her to be a magician so that she can like be super powerful and make these silly figurines for the prince. <laughs> and she just like lives with them at the magic school. And like it's never brought up again, really. You see her in the background being treated basically like a little sister or an apprentice. So it was very weird. Hmm. Um. Wish they had handled that differently. And then, like, I think the other interesting topic is uh, the whole erectile dysfunction thing that just went through the entire season. It was so funny how after all that, they solved it with drugs. Yeah. Like, why didn't you guys think about that earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it sounded like that, that aphrodisiac was very rare. Because wasn't it fairly rare when he first obtained it as a child? I guess so. I don't know. I, I also thought it was just funny how how upset he was about this. Like, there are so much worse things to have than erectile dysfunction, I think. But... <laughs> I mean, it was tied so closely with the trauma from Eris, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, there was all of that pent-up... I don't know, stress, emotion, whatever, from finding out about her family when they got there. And then relief at, like, being back together with people at her home. And then being handed this, like, gift of a girl that he's, like, sort of... It's a weird relationship because I still sort of see it as slightly as grooming. Because he basically, like, was with her since childhood, right? Right. But he was with all of them since childhood. But you have to, like, consider that, like, mentally, he's a lot older than they are. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying they're all all grooming. This is why childhood friends are the worst. No, 
because at least you're on a level playing field, right? Because, like, if they're childhood friends, that means, like, they are growing up mentally together. They're both children together. Okay, so I guess Sophie is also grooming, but Roxy would be okay since she was an adult when he was a baby. Yeah, although I feel sorry for her because probably to her, she's the one who feels like a groomer, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And she has no idea that he's actually the one who's like, that they're fairly equal. Well, no, I would say they're more equal in age at that point. Yeah. So since you watched all of it at once, how did you feel this season compared to the previous seasons? I had to uh, agree sort of with a video I saw of Gigux. I don't know if you watch him at all. No. He's like a YouTuber talking about like how great the season was, even though it was probably unexpected with a lot of people with like the grandiose adventures that you see in like the previous seasons. They suddenly have a season that fucking focuses on erectile dysfunction of all things being like <laughs> the biggest problem might seem uh, what's the what's the word like it might seem super underwhelming or like super ridiculous in comparison right not a very noble cause but he was like making the argument that consider that he's like at this point in age it's his second time coming of age right and he's like coming of, of age for the first time with peers among friends like he didn't really have that the first time around right hmm. and like this is his first experience with women too so, like, that is a new thing. And then to find out that he, like, doesn't have the ability <laughs> to perform, that would be a big deal, you would think, for someone like that. I don't know. I, I thought it was, like, odd and unexpected, but not out of place. Yeah. I, I thought this was a bit weaker of a season. Not really because of the erectile dysfunction, actually. More just because of the school setting. Yeah, I figured you might have an issue with or that not just you, but like other people would have it because you're like, oh, oh, a magic school. Yeah. But I didn't think it was that bad because we don't actually spend that much time focusing on the aspect of it being a magic school. It's more his interactions with Sylphie, right? Because there's they're all special students, which they're apparently treated differently than like the regular students. I also think Sylphie is the worst. Sylphie's thing frustrated me because like... I just screamed at her, wanting her to just fucking tell him, just tell him who you are. You're being ridiculously dramatic for no fucking reason at all. <laughs> yeah. And it, it feels like she she's the most childhood friend-like, in my opinion. Even though, Yeah. Yeah, I hate childhood friends. I have no problem with childhood friends in this case. I just wish that she had told them. And it's funny because, like, even the prince and, like, the other dude, tell her. Just fucking tell him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was like, who are you hiding this for? Who are you hiding this for? For whose benefit? I I did really like uh, the arc at the start of the season with that archer girl. Do you remember that? The one that he couldn't perform for? Yeah. I really liked the part, like, up until then. Yeah, I thought it was cool how he, like, saves her, and, like, she was she was sort of a, I don't know, watered-down heiress. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't actually ever like her. I liked the party. I liked the setting. Oh, I, I don't care about her. I just meant I liked the story involving her. I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, I thought that part was interesting, and I liked, like, the unexpected mentor and the dude. Exactly. That was the best part when, like, we think they're going to fight and then they become best friends. <laughs> yeah, like, that part was cool. And I kind of wish we had spent more time with him. And I liked it when they were, like, reunited later on, like, when he was a student. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to whenever the next season comes out. I'm assuming we're going to 
get with Roxy? <laughs> She's the next one in the harem, right? Probably, unless we go with Eris first. No, I think Eris had her time, and that they're gonna have a he's gonna have a turn with each of the girls before he's like reunited with past girls. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Yes. One last show, Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead, which has been really great in my opinion, but it's still uh, not finished because it keeps getting like behind schedule, I guess. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about this in full. I didn't know about it being like the big delay until you told me about it. Like I noticed that we were behind a few weeks, but yeah. I didn't realize that meant like, hey, we're not going to fucking finish the season. Yeah, well, like, it got behind like in the first few episodes. It took a break, and then I think it might take another break, and then oh. it, then it now it's taking an even bigger break so they can finish. I don't remember I just... when they're actually going to finish it. But they Do you know why? Why? It sounded yeah, like, like they're just like weren't didn't have good scheduling and couldn't finish in time. It's a shame though because I feel like this show is so creative and is so much fun. Like I would have liked to just sort of finish it, set it aside, and then if they do a second season, I I would totally be hyped for that. But as it is now, like you're just waiting, right? <laughs> and like we're getting drawn into the new anime. So like if they start releasing these episodes while we're in the middle of this other season, I feel like there's not going to be as much hype at that point. I think it might be even longer than that until they come out. But I don't oh, remember. No, because if it goes longer, then even more momentum is lost. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of that uh, uh, the Isekai one with Sega. I forget what it's called. But that one the also. Isekai one with Sega. Where like the uncle goes to the Isekai and he's oh. a big Sega fan and then he comes oh. back. My uncle goes like something to another world or something. Isekai Oji-san, I think. Yeah. Okay. That one also was like really good. It looked pretty cool. And then it kept getting delayed. And it mm. took like, I think a couple of seasons later until it finished. I just hope that despite the delays that they keep up the quality of the uh, episodes up to that point. Because so far it's been fantastic. And we finally have our full cast of characters. Yeah. And yeah. I think she's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, the new girl? The, yeah. What is she? British or Russian or something? But Samurai, that's her nationality. I was pretty sure she was German. German, okay. Yeah, Almerhauser, Beatrix Am- Almerhauser. She's an exchange student, or she's a student who moved there from Germany because of her love for the culture. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Beatrix is not a German name, but I don't know. <laughs> Bia, I feel like I've heard that like uses a shortened name for like Beatrice, you know. Yeah, I, I think she's actually more fun than the first girl, Shizuka. I agree. She's she's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So it like cracks me up seeing Beatrix with Akira and uh, Ken. <laughs> the three of them are fun. She's a co- The other girl is like, whatever. She's, I guess, eye candy, sort of, even though I prefer Beatrix myself. But uh, yeah. I think she's more the uh, has to be convinced about having fun type of character. Yeah. Serious I mean, I feel character. like that kind of character is probably necessary for three crazy people like these ones. Yeah. <laughs> but it does make her sort of the funny daddy of the group. It does. <laughs> great, great show. Looking forward to it finishing. Yeah, me too. And finally, we can come out with our ongoing shows, although technically I guess Zom 100 is 
still ongoing, but ones that are scheduled and going as scheduled. We have Jujutsu Kaisen season two, which is just me and has been a great following so far. We started with some backstory. Uh, well, not, I don't know if backstories, I think there was a whole arc talking about like the history of a couple of the older characters. And then it jettisoned us back to the present with familiar characters from the first season. And there's a lot of battling, a lot of reuniting of characters and a lot of revelations of identities and a trapping of one of like the super powerful characters. So now he's sort of put out of play and it's all like great fighting, supernatural fighting, the kind of shit you don't like, but I'm gobbling it up because it's what I expect from this show and it looks great. Yeah, that's why I dropped it. Too much fighting. It's fine. Like here it's expected. Here I want it. So I I heard there's one guy in this show. He's like extremely hot. Is that true? By extremely hot, I'm assuming you probably mean the uh, the super powerful guy, the um, the one who's got like white blonde hair and like bright blue eyes, right? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, he is considered like the strongest sorcerer, and he is universally well liked. From what I've seen of like fan art, he is beloved. Okay, he's the super hot one. Yeah, he's the one I, I mentioned that has been temporarily put out of play. Is, was he the main character from the first season? No. No. Oh, okay. He was sort of like the special grade sorcerer that like was there in the background. Um, mm. And then he was the one, him and an, a friend of his, who has since then become a villain. Oh, um no. We saw their history at the start of this season. That's where I told you like they went back in time to show us some of the history of the organization. And it focused on him and a friend and like how they became what they are now. And then it like put us back into the present with more focus on him now that we have his history and then him getting trapped. And now we have like the original characters from the first season trying to help figure shit out with a whole cast of other characters, which I think admittedly is a little hard to follow. So do you think this will ever end? No. (laughs) I feel like this is going to keep going on and on and on, like a lot of other like shows of this nature. Oh my god, My Hero Academia. I mean, I would say the ending would be that the curse that's in the main character, Yuji, and like kill him. That would probably be the ending, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I can't stand these shows that never end. They should forget about them and make more episodes of Boruto, which only has 250 episodes. No, there is a lot of, there's a lot of hype for this show, I'm pretty sure, still. And people fucking love these characters. I also really like this world and like the style in which it's portrayed. I just wish it didn't like drag on as much as it did. I would want like more momentum. You know how like Boruto just like, kept going it just like kept chugging along and it was good the whole way i wish they would do that here uh, so it, it doesn't keep chugging well no because there was this pretty significant break between the first season and and the second season oh you, not like there are boring episodes where nothing happens just like no it's taking away well maybe to boring to you because it's all battling <laughs> right 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 yeah okay. i meant more like a literal break in seasons oh uh, i see so, like, the momentum I had from the first season, like, I had fond memories, of, but then it felt like, well, were we ever going to get a sequel? Oh, hey, we finally have a sequel. But, hey, we're not going back with the, with the original characters. Now we're going with, like, this older cast of characters, but back into the past when they were younger. And so it just was, like, a little bit of whiplash for me. It could always be worse. It could, it could turn out, like, uh, 
hataraku mau sama. Yeah, no. Let's not have that ever again. <laughs> okay, now it's your turn to finish out this episode. This show is not ongoing, but I only started watching it recently. Bane Dream, it's my go. This is like an idol show. I think it's like maybe like the fifth sequel or something of some long-running Bane Dream series, which I knew nothing about. But everyone was talking about this, so I gave it a try. And it's actually really good. It's like Love Live, but everyone has mental illness and they all fight with each other. Uh, so it's exactly my thing. And I'm only like a third done, but I'm looking forward to finishing it. Yeah, looking at it, there's like that. There is an original TV series, and there's even already a sequel scheduled for this. It looks like quite the franchise. Yeah, but you you don't have to know anything about the franchise to watch this. No, you can appreciate just the season. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's partly why I stayed away from it, is yeah. because I saw that it was a sequel, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> there must have been a reason why I didn't watch those, or like I took one look at them and I didn't like them, but I just don't remember. But that's why I tend to not touch these shows once I see yeah, them on the schedule. I also didn't didn't touch this at first either. But uh, you don't need any prior knowledge. And I think oh. it's... My impression is it's quite different from the previous ones in the series. Uh, okay, and I'm really liking it so far. That's really good to know. Um, I yeah. think that is important to note for people who have never experienced uh, Bang Dream before. So what, what did you think overall about this season? This season was very busy. I had a very hard time keeping up with this season. I know, I think at the start of the season, you thought it wasn't very busy, right? I still think it wasn't very busy, actually. It might just be my, my own personal life being like wrapped up in different things to where I really struggled to keep up with anime this season or to like keep interest enough to finish all of the shows that I said I was going to. And even then, I still dropped shows that I wish I had gone back and watched. Like The Duke of Death and His Maid, I never got back to watching even though I was interested in it. And then the shows that I made myself finish, I sort of regretted finishing, like Malevolent Spirits. <laughs> what about you, though? I, I thought it was a pretty weak season. Like, all the, all the ones we had as best of the season, I think in previous seasons, they might not have even made it there. Yeah, I mean, we had a really, really strong spring season, so that was really hard to follow. And I think this next season is also going to be fairly strong, but we can talk about that later. This next season is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes this past summer fairly weak in comparison. Yeah. But it was fine. Some good shows. Yeah. Get there were some good shows. Have a break. I need a break. <laughs> you won't get one next season. I know. We'll be back in two weeks for our next season preview, hopefully. Not so much Maybe. a preview anymore because that by that point, like three, four episodes will be out. So it'll be more like a check-in. Check in. Yeah. (laughs) We'll let you know. Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Dragle underscore Coon and at Marina BNB. Listen to and review us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts so you can continue to grind. Thanks for listening. See you next time.